It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to another episode here at A View from the Bullins. I am, of course, the Bobber, and joining me is my very, very good friend, Hannah Rocks. Han, I really appreciate you coming in first and foremost. We're going to talk about you, your life as an Evertonian, but we're going to take it right back to the start. It didn't used to be called Hans Tours, did it? No, no. It was uh, Jethro's. And who's that? That's my dad. Okay, so yeah, he was, was it Jethro's Tours? Well, yeah, that's what he's kind of got called after a bit there. <laughs> okay, yeah. so for the listeners, if you don't know who Han is, she obviously runs the account of Hans Tours. She's a, a supporters club. You go home and away with Everton, don't you? You're a, a true blue in every sense of the word. So your dad was running Jethro Tours. You were on that. You've been to some mad places. You know what? I've been doing some stalking as well. <laughs> I've been on your Instagram. I've been looking at some of the photos from way back. Yeah. You went to even places like Krasnodar, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, no, I never went to Krasnodar. Oh, you didn't go to Krasnodar? No, no okay. like I went to Ukraine. Ukraine? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Krasnodar was just after me crash, which I'll talk about. We will talk about that yeah. later on. We will. So what made you want to take over after your dad then kind of passed the reins to you? It's, you know, I know you so well, and it's a massive job, you know, running a coach every away game. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a funny story, really, because my dad started doing them in the 70s, 1976 he first started, when... I think they were having problems with the um, specials and he just starts off by throwing like a, a small coach on. Um, and then obviously in the 90s, I started going with him. And um, I think one day, I was about 14 and we were going, I'm just going to say, I think it was Villa away. And um, he looked around and he went to me, these are all your mates now, you can sort this. <laughs> and I was just like, what? Um, but from kind of 14, being 14, 15, he just kind of, it just kind of transitions. He got lazier and I got older. So I just think it was just because um, a lot of the time people used to say like they couldn't get in touch with me, dad, because he's very like, well, he's not now, but he was at the time, very old school, no mobile. Mm. So it was like leaving messages in a pub or um, ringing him or putting a note through the door if you wanted on the coach, that sort of thing. So <laughs> I think I took it to like technical. and You have? Yeah. You, you, you do really well with it, I have to say. It's, it runs very, very smoothly. Yeah. Do you enjoy it? Do you still enjoy doing it? Um... I do enjoy it. It's don't get me wrong. Like as I've got older and like my job and my baby and stuff, it's like it becomes. Sometimes it becomes like 
annoyance, like mm-hmm. um, when people say, "Oh yeah, I'm booking on," and then they they don't turn up or or like things like that. But it it runs itself now, really, because mm-hmm. we've got the same core people going, and they're really like really good friends. So they don't really let me down and stuff. But I have had bad 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 and tough times over the years, like. Stories you wouldn't believe. Well, we want to we want to hear some of these stories. <laughs> oh. We want to hear some. You've mm. had you had a bad one last year, didn't you, on the way to Chelsea? Oh God, yeah. To tell the listeners that one, that was um, a beauty. That God. So <laughs> <laughs> we were about um, about forty minutes traffic dependent in London, which is anything between forty minutes and seven hours. Mm. Um, on our way to Chelsea, and as our driver, we got the same driver every every um, game. He's a blue as well, which makes it so much Perfect. easier. Because he just he comes in the match with us and everything, so he's great. Um, but he he pulls out of the service station, and um, the next thing it was as if like you know when you you don't quite get the clutch, and like you're just floating and you're not you're not in any gear. That's yeah. that's what it felt like the coach was doing, and we were like, what's that? And he went, I can't get it in gear, and I was like, please tell me you're missing. Um, so how far are you away from Stamford Bridge? It's about forty minutes. About forty yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. And um, the next thing. He's like, it just won't go in gear. So he's trying to like float along and he went, I can't go on the motorway like this. We're going about <laughs> four miles an hour. And um, next thing he's, he's like, he's, he starts start to get it moving. Everyone cheers. But some people were off the coach smoking and that. And the, as they ran back on, he went, I've lost it again. And we were like, oh no. So, um, so a few people got off, started to get Ubers and all that. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to have off the coach here. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Because, like, some of my mates were like, I'm not not going, like, I'm st- they, they, we stay all together and stuff. Um, some of them were like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and go because I said, do what you want, but mm. I'll have to sort something out. So we were like, we're going to have to get a coach from Liverpool to come and get us, get them from London. Oh. It was just a nightmare, and I thought, what time are we getting home here? Um, but then all of a sudden, a few Ubers got picked up, and then the next thing, the coach just started, and he went, everyone get on quick. So off we went, and we got to Stamford Bridge, Um Obviously, a great result at the time, getting the draw. Was it? What, yeah, it was a draw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's Ellis Sims last. Yeah, that's, last. that's it. So, what time did you get into Stamford Bridge? Um, I think we got there about fifteen minutes into the game. So you actually did all right. Yeah, because the people that got the Ubers. Yeah, some of them <laughs> got stuck on the service yeah, station, didn't yeah. they? <laughs> and then, like, as we were getting off the coach, one of the Ubers pulled up in front of us, and they'd left like half an hour before us. So it was like some of them got there, some of them never. It was just a big mayhem, but everyone took it in there. Just like obviously if that happens every week it wouldn't be funny mm. but um the result kind of we all get back on the coach and we thought yeah this is brilliant we're on our way home um <laughs> and then <laughs> we're about an hour away from Stamford Bridge and literally we start like rattling from side to side on the motorway I was like what what's this and we'd had a blowout and I just could not believe it honest God we were just like please no so next thing we sat at the side of the motorway for about two three hours what time is this at um, God, I couldn't even tell you. You know, last season it's just that much of a blur. A blur yeah. I couldn't even tell you. And it was like, it was like, I'm going to say, what time would the game have finished? I can't even. It was remember. a late game, wasn't yeah. it, at Stamford Bridge? Yeah. So let's just say, for example, this is like eleven o'clock when the when the tyres gone pop, and then by about one o'clock, two o'clock, we got back on the road. I think we got back to the Rocker for about four. Oh. So it was it was a heavy. Is it nights like that? And because that, that sort of thing does happen, doesn't yeah, it? It's no one's it fault. Yeah, it, yeah. It's just the way the word. Does does the nights like that? They're meant. You think, why do I bother? Um, I think in the past they have when I like, <laughs> like if there's been, for example, a similar thing happened years ago at Arsenal away about ten years ago. Um, 
and it was a, a double decker coach and it was just a nightmare because she had like 90 people to look after and I was just like oh God's sake. It's quite a, it's quite a big responsibility you know. It is yeah and like I, I just worry about everyone getting there and like as I say I'd say 90% of the coach are the same people and then you get a few people who go some games so we never really have any kind of like strangers on or any kickoff or anything but I think back then we might have had a few who had a few little comments and stuff mm. um, whereas the Chelsea one was just playing sailing people were just like we're all in it together because they go everywhere you know it's not happening all no, the time no, and so, it's not your fault yeah, it is what it yeah, is and, it, and they don't take it out on the driver as well which I always say to them like our driver was shaking and everything and trying to get us back he wanted to go to the match you know what I mean? mm. he ended up he couldn't go because the way he got he got there late and that um, so we ended up watching it on his uh, little, little <laughs> tablet and we all get back on the coach and we're thinking, this is great, we're on our way home. But, yeah. So how many people do you regularly have on your coach? Um, so there's, I'd say there's like 40 core people who go every single game. Um, and then there's 10 who might go to like, say, half and half each. Yeah. So they might... Um, there's very rarely any... I, I mean, I can't even remember the last time someone kind of new came been people going for years and years Mm. now it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are Tap the banner to go to monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, yeah, you have your regulars, you yeah, do, like right? you. Yeah. You even go to Neon, aren't you, on Friday? Uh, Thursday, that 30, one, yeah. So you're travelling yeah. on Thursday for the game on Friday. So yeah. how many are travelling with you for that one? Um, so it's 48 people. 48 yeah. people. And you've arranged all that and you've sorted all that out? Yeah, to be I, fair, I mean, like, obviously the, the company have sorted the ferry crossing and everything, but... Yeah, sort of all that. So tell us about the journey. How so? Looking ahead to to Thursday, yeah. what time do you depart? What time do you arrive? What time are you set to leave? Tell the listeners um, just what a sort of schedule you're now <laughs> running for a pre-season game. So this is dedication. This. Yeah. Uh, so it's six o'clock from the Denby Dale Street. Yeah. In town, then go down to the ferry port, which is um, the crossings due at. I'm going to say two o'clock. I think it is two a.m. So we've got quite a while to get down there. Um, but that's that's a big chunk of the trip, like yeah. just getting down to Dover alone. Then obviously you're on the ferry for about an hour and a half, but getting on and off and everything, it's probably more like three hours. Um, and then of course you lose an hour as soon as you hit France. Yeah. And then from France, I think it's seven hours driving in a car, so it's probably about eight to nine hours in a coach. Um, and then we'll get at least a bit of time before the match. Um probably between five and seven hours before the match and then have we, a look around yeah have a few drinks yeah I mean we've done this we've done this to the um, Vibier a few 
years ago and it was one of the best trips ever. Why is that? Why is it one of the best trips? Because um, to some people, they think it's mad, yeah, wouldn't they? They yeah, think you're mad. understandably. Like, it, <laughs> I think it was the, just like being like, you know, in the Alps and everything and mm. the scenery and everything just made it. And um, because it is that long as well. And you just have such a laugh. You do have a laugh. I mean, it absolutely takes it out of you. But I think everyone going will have a ball. Like, it's one of them where you just remember it, even though it's just a pre Just an experience. Yeah, yeah. And I think because we haven't been in Europe for that long as well, people just take it as like, not a Europe. Yeah, it's a trip. Yeah, it's a trip. It's yeah. a trip, yeah, That's it's it. a trip. <laughs> so moving on from pre-season, one thing I do want to touch on, it's supposed to be a bit more of a serious debate, mm. is tickets. Yeah. There's always, you know, it's always hot topic on social media mm. in terms of who gets allocated the tickets, why do they get allocated the tickets, yeah. the credits. I think you should you should have a right absolutely to come on here and explain to the listeners and the viewers how it works because you are... You know, you're a friend of mine, but when I see you on, on social media getting heavily criticised regarding who gets tickets or you going to away games, it is a little bit personal in my opinion and I think it's not fair and I think you actually have a right to come on and explain how it all works, why credits happen. So explain to the viewers and the listeners, how does it work? Um, well, basically just from a supporters club perspective, years and years ago it used mm-hmm. to be stops and to me... That was the best way of doing it. I remember it being stubs when I was a kid, yeah. (laughs) That's it. Mm. And you used to have to go down with all your stubs, sellotaped on. um, And sometimes if you you got angry in an away game or something, you ripped it up or you got that excited and do it. You think? Oh, what have I done that for? But um, (laughs) I remember, like, people used to, like, swap stubs and rub... rub, They'd write, like, LV for Liverpool and people would, like, spray it and and, and, um, swap stubs with each other so you could get tickets for all different games and that and... I think then nobody really questions stubs in a way um, and credits and things like that because um, maybe, I don't know, I mean, we've always had a fantastic away following, but I think it was just more um, kind of, I don't even know how to describe it, it was just everyone, no one really cared because it wasn't really kind of um, electronical. It was when they changed to electric credits, I think. From memory, I'm, I think it was around 2007, 2008. Um it might have been earlier than that. That's just me thinking it's probably, I don't mm. know. But and when it changed initially, um, not many people will have had full credits. I think they'd done it on, you still had your stub, but you got like electronic credit for like a season. So they worked out who had what, probably like your, um, credit, your, your sale history. And then, um, and then supporters clubs used to get their tickets for everyone with credits and a, um, another allocation which was so a percentage of what you're taking. So say I took, let's say, 30 tickets, they'd yeah. say, right, you can have an additional 15 tickets for people without credits. And at the time, that worked well because it wasn't there wasn't that many people on full credits. Um, it would help people um, who didn't have credits go get go to away games. Yeah. Um, and then away's got more popular, it seems, and more people built the credits up, and rightly so if they'd been. Um, I think it was the year after that, 2014 season with Martinez they said they called us in and they were like to all the support clubs that allocation's going you will only be allocated now based on like everybody else mm-hmm. what credits people have so there was a did bit did you think that was fair? Um, yeah, yeah because you, I, I don't see why we should have got 15 say, say I got 15 extra tickets for people who hadn't been and then somebody was losing out who'd been to every single game that's not fair and I think they knew that at the time and the demand was so high because obviously we were in Europe and 
um, we were actually winning away games. Yeah, we were going well. well. Yeah. And then fast forward, what, a year or two, and you're at Sunderland and there's 300 of us and the club are begging you to take more tickets because we hadn't sold out our allocation and supporters clubs are left with tickets and people didn't want to go. And I think that day we only had like three-quarter full bus and stuff like that. So it's kind of always been give and take with supporters clubs. Um, but since that day, um, the ticket... The person who was in charge at the time, Sharon, she just said, like, this is happening. And um, we we have, like, meetings with the club and stuff. And we were just like, yeah, that's fair enough. I don't think... Once it was explained, I don't think anybody objected or anything like that. Um, and since then, if people in my supporters club, some of them have, like, over the years, stopped with the season tickets or not gone to a few games, they've lost their credits just like anybody mm. else was. If you, I've had a few people over the years who've, like, forgot to... Um, so for, forgot to renew the season tickets. They've lost their credits. There's nothing. Don't get any sort of special treatment. Any, anything like that. Um, but for years and years and years, there's been this narrative that supporters clubs get this magical allowance of tickets, and it always seemed to be people would be picking my name and a couple of other, other names out. But I think people see me as an e- easy target because obviously I'm a girl and. Um, it really, really used to like get to me and it used to get me quite down and upset. Loads of stuff did on kind of um, the internet. And then I just realised that it's not even worth me getting wound up about anymore. Um, and I know what what the system's like. Other support people who have supporters clubs know what the system's like. Um, you don't have to look on my photos throughout the year of our coach and you'll see the same faces. Mm. And them same faces have got the credits. The people who don't come with us all the time. Um, who come to a few, they may source their own tickets off Twitter, they may source tickets from the club themselves through their own credits, but the core people who I get them tickets for actually go the match and they come with us or some of them, some people who um, might say I'm not going to that match so or they might go and get their own tickets for a certain game. It's not like I have to get every single mm. person's ticket all of the time. Um, and there's this kind of narrative that basically... I haven't got any credits. None of my mates have got any credits, but even though it's the same faces. Um, we've all been going five minutes, and basically it's our fault that people who just want to go to two games a season mm. haven't got credits when, realistically... I know people from, I think it's about five seasons ago, you could have built up like a good... There's been opportunities, yeah, hasn't yeah, there? Yeah, definitely. Like last season, I've got to make calls here... Andy and people on our coach laughing because at the end of the season he's got this beautiful spreadsheet and it says like what each each game went down to. I think last year alone, so many went down to one, a couple went to general. And of course we're not playing well, but weirdly a lot of people want to go more when we're not yeah. playing well. Um, but a lot of them did go down and if there was chances there, and I know it gets wiped halfway through the season, maybe that's one thing they could do is look at the whole the season as a whole. Maybe that would change things slightly. Um, well, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Do you think the current system is the fairest way? Um, when it's done correctly, yeah. Because I have I, I see people 10 minutes after they've sold um, out saying, oh, I can't make this match. And you, see, you do see that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, you do. But then that all comes back to some, re- some reason it supports us clubs when individuals are doing it, raising for people to see. Um, but then there's no sort of law or enforcement from the club to stop that happening. So 
whilst there's nothing stopping mm. people doing it, of course they're going to be people are scared to lose the credits as well. Um, and I think people will buy it. And it, with it being thirty pound, which is fantastic, it being thirty pounds, people. Some it's people a cheap can, enough gamble, yeah, isn't it? That's it. So people will go right. I'm not going to, for example, warm up on a Wednesday night in the cup, but I'll try for the ticket anyway and things like that. And yeah, that that's when it's not fair. But I think the system was put in place fairly. Um, and a lot of the time, the wrong people are getting kind of blamed, or the, the way the way they're saying change it is like, is it's not it's not feasible. Mm. Um, some I know people have said about taking ID to games, which in theory would be good, but of course, like United tried it, and it, I think they pick out like ten percent of their away end and say, right, you got to come and collect them with um, passports or driving license and stuff. Yeah, it's a random selection yeah, from yeah. Man United, um, which I think in can be fair but then people brought up in in different like meetings and stuff what if you wanted to give your daughter a ticket or your son a ticket and things like that and then people who might not have id and stuff like that so there's always going to be whatever you're you're never going to please everyone you're never ever going to please anyone but i do think it's fair enough to say that if you've been to more away games in your x amount of history you you not deserve but you should be able to get a ticket because again coming back to when things are, if you go all the time, you're going to go whether we're playing well mm. or we're playing shite. the end of it. It's like, I know some of the best Evertonians don't even have season tickets and they get to every away game because mm. they just source them from other places. If you people want to go the away game, they'll find them on Twitter or, and these people, it's, it's a weird concept really because the people who are buying them and selling them help people out who haven't got credits. And it's just, every single person's got a different narrative on it. But my stance is if, it's loyalty should be rewarded and well I say rewarded we win what one away game a season. <laughs> I don't even understand why the it comes up every single year. I think it's kind of because because our um, pre seasons have sold out. Mm. I think that's where this has kind of stemmed from. But they've all gone to general anyway, even Nyon so Neon. So I don't know. So your overriding opinion is it's a, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a fair well, as bad yeah. as good as it can be yeah, at the moment. As good as it can be at the moment. As I say, maybe they could look at whole seasons rather than because you, effectively you're getting like half a season yeah. to wipe them in January but I, I, we can speak as much as we like on it logistically is that even possible mm. like does that change things I think one thing that's massive is that the club needs to be more transparent about um, how many people have got full credits how many people have got I think it's 22 the main um, the all credits how many people have got 21 how many people have got all the way down could that open a can of worms though do you think potentially yeah um but if they're not, and people haven't got a clue, because it like all this about Luton and um, Brentford now, if they said, right, I think it's because people were saying we might only get 1,100 tickets for Luton. If mm. they said, right, we've only got 1,000 tickets, wait, 1,000 people, you'd know there's 100 more. Yeah. Obviously, people say families and of the players and et cetera shouldn't get tickets, but they always have done. And again, you. <laughs> People are saying, take the tickets off the players and stuff. I don't know. That's another narrative, that? isn't yeah. it? If, if, if you were a player, if I was yeah. a player and you wanted your dad and your mum to come exactly. around, you'd want them to have a ticket, wouldn't you? Yeah. If you were, again, that's a, a, another narrative. Yeah. But moving on from tickets, we think, well, do you think it's about as fair as it can be? And I think, yeah. judging how long you've done it, I think that's quite a fair assessment. You spoke mm. about maybe being targeted for, for being a female. Mm. And that is something I really want to hone in on. I really want to talk about with you. Yeah. It's quite deep, so we're yeah. going to go into it. You know, yeah. you are a gay woman. Yeah. You've got a young child. Mm -hmm. Do you get abused at grounds? You know, her game is massive now in football. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a real 
serious part of this podcast that we need to address, we need to talk about. You feel you've been abused at games before or, or maybe targeted because of your, your gender, your sex? Um, yeah, well, guys, it's, it's how long you want to go back. Like, mm. um, you, Is it improving? Um, I'd say probably it's improving, but also <laughs> when we're, when everyone's kind of kicking off over Everton being mm. the way we are, it seems to come back in. Yeah. Um, certain slurs and certain things are said. I think for me, years ago, um, going back early 2000s, I had like short hair and stuff and mm-hmm. going through like, um, not like a goth stage, but like an experiment. Just, an experiment yeah. Like, <laughs> and um, I remember just like walking down um, Gladys Street. Someone just shouted, like, you fucking die or something like that. And mm-hmm. I just flipped because I was, yeah. like, young, early, uh, late teens, early 20s. And I was just, like, who are you talking to? Like, and flipped. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the difference is now I can laugh it off. And that's a massive difference. But um, one thing I will never, ever laugh off is um, the racial abuse that my wife's had over the years, which has made me see... Everton and Evertonians in like the worst possible light over the years. Like um there was a massive there was an incident in when we went to Ukraine the second time. Mm-hmm. Um there was an incident there with an Evertonian who had who said a few things and it's just like that's like to me, if you say it to me, I can laugh off mm-hmm. anything. If you say it about anyone I care about, it's mm-hmm. a different ball game. Um there's been things all over the internet for years. Like mm-hmm. Um, and I think potentially they wouldn't say to your face, but I don't know because these people sometimes I don't know them, sometimes I do. But this there's been like horrendous things said. Like um, I remember someone put up a picture of a coach and said um, hands towards full of spear throwers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it's like disgraceful like, comments. Yeah, and like that to me's got to me more than anything yeah. ever because it's not directly it's not about me. No, it's disgusting. Um, and to see like people upset who you care about to mm. and that's what that's and whenever Sonians are doing it, it's like this is the club I love, mm. and to see that happen to my wife and I don't know, it's just upset. No, no, absolutely, mate, and and it's absolutely disgraceful. And you know, we spoke about you off air. Yeah, yeah. take a moment, honestly, take a moment, mate. <laughs> yeah. We spoke off air about it would be quite a hard hitting podcast. You're yeah. making me upset now <laughs> because it, it is it's it's quite deep, and we yeah. spoke about it off air, and we said you know. It was going to be quite an emotional episode, yeah. this one, because we felt it needed addressing. We felt that we needed to have a bit of a chat yeah. on on this podcast and, and talk about maybe the not-so-nice side of football that mm. is maybe sometimes hidden a little bit. Yeah. And, and Everton are just another club that do have faults and not not maybe the club, but the fan <laughs> yeah. base and so on. And I do think it needs to be said. And, you know, you're very brave to come on here and, and, and speak out and talk about it. And I think it's really important that, yeah. that you did. So we'll move on from that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure... <laughs> people will take that on board and, and, and listen to what you've said. But on a personal note, you people may know you as the woman with the walking stick or, or the crutch or however they want to talk mm. about it. You do walk around with a stick. Yep. Tell the listeners and viewers what happened there because you are not only to be, you're not only very, you've got some interesting stories, but you're not only very lucky to, to, to be here today. Mm. You're also very lucky to be here and only be walking with a stick, aren't you, mate? Yeah, Um what was what date today? It's oh, close to the yeah. anniversary. Yeah, so two days ago was the anniversary, nine years since going along the motorway. Um, 
me, me and Tash, my wife, um, we used to work in like an activity centre, mm. like very active job, teaching kids climbing and canoe, and that's like my background was always really active. Um, we come at home in our camper van, and it was it was the hottest day of the year that year. I'll never forget it, which was dead weird because it was absolutely pissing down two days ago, <laughs> and I was just thinking it's freezing. What's going on? Um, but we come along the motorway right outside um, IKEA, and um, some fella just. Well, n- not some fella at the time. I just heard this massive bang. Yeah. And our, our camper van was only go like 65 miles an hour, I think. So we're just chilling along in the uh, inside lane and just heard this bang. Next thing, we're going across the three lanes and hit the central reservation, flipped over, and then everything else is just like a blur from there. Um, I remember being at the side of the motorway and... I remember getting into an ambulance and the fella saying to me, how long have you been pregnant? And I was like, what? And he went, she's 22, pregnant. And I thought, I'm neither of them things. What's happened here? I'm a dad. Mm. Like, what's this? And apparently there'd been a crash on the other side of the motorway and they thought I was that girl. Oh. So it was all very confusing. Um, but anyway, so I, I had blood all over me and I was just like, this is this is weird, this. Um, what, what's just happened? Because you yeah. don't know. No, like, no. My first initial thing was we've had a blowout. Like... Um, and we just flew across the motorway. I didn't realise someone had actually hit us. Even though they had the bang, it just doesn't register. Obviously, you're in shock. Um, and when I was getting out the van as well, that's, I, I got Tash managed to push me out, and I fell on the door. Because you were in a worse yeah. state than, than oh, Tash, yeah. weren't you? Yeah. You were in a lot worse state. Yeah, she was. Um, she she had some injuries as well, but I, I, in the initial, like, yeah. the aftermath, I, I had, like, because I was covered in blood. Yeah, so you were in quite a bad way, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I fell on the door and trapped her in the van and then got carried off the car, um, off the side of the van and took to the side of the motorway. Um, I'm laughing. I don't know why I'm laughing. I don't know why you're laughing either because <laughs> you are genuinely very lucky to be <laughs> here. Um, you're very lucky. So, yeah, um, and I thought, oh, I'm all right. Like, I thought, I'm alive, that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm covered in blood, but I think I'm all right. Um and you think you're 22 at this yeah, point. Yeah, and I'm thinking, what is that? I'm pregnant. I was just like, that's not me. Um, but next thing, I'm in um, Western Hospital and every single, like, test you could do. And I was thinking, am I all right here? Because mm. looking at me, that's weird. And, like, they were like, um, like, it's it's all it's all just a blur. But you're like, what has actually happened to me here? Because I, I couldn't remember things people were saying. And um, I had really, really bad concussion. And I'm thinking, I don't remember what they've just said. And... Like people were coming in, and I was like, "Why are you here?" Like me, me dad and my stepmom turned up, and I thought, "Why, why are they in Whiston?" Like it was just not, nothing was making sense. Um, and the first thing they found was that it broke my collarbone. Like, mm-hmm. I thought it's not even hurting, like because I was in that much shock, I didn't yeah. even realize. Um, and then after, like, it was only like when <laughs> all the morphine starts wearing off. I thought, I can't feel like my left side of my body here. What's going on, like? Something, something's not right. From your shoulder down. Yeah, it's like it's it's dead hard to explain. It's like you know when you've sat on your leg and yeah. you've got like pins and needles. That's what my arm and leg feel like all the time, um, and it was all due to like the, the it's in my back. All the um, nerves in my back have basically just been the impact. I presume yeah. has, has completely killed them off, and um, it was only like as I say when everything wears down and it's like jubilation of being alive that you think no I'm not right here mm. um, and I was very quickly kind of written off by the hospital um, the people who were work well the company that I work for were absolutely useless didn't care that we were like 
we'd nearly died basically. Um, Tash was checked over as well, and they she had like like really bad bruising and stuff. But I was just like, we're so lucky to be here. It's it's fine. Um, and then it wasn't until they, they were like doing nerve conduction tests and um, and when I realised I couldn't actually walk and my foot mm. was like... And they didn't think you'd be able to walk again? Yeah, no, so they just kind of wrote me off straight away. They sent me to physio for about four weeks and they were like, yeah, you're done. Um, we don't, like, you, that's it. And a wheelchair comes along, so one minute I'm climbing up walls. Wow. And like... Because you're very, you're very active even yeah, now. Yeah, um, so it was like... It was just like wow. Um so that's 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 basically it. But a lot of um a lot of therapies like private therapy, NHS. You put a lot of hard work yeah. into it, mate, yeah. and I think you deserve some credit. <laughs> you're doing yourself a bit of a disservice there. You've yeah. gone above and beyond to make sure that you're able to live your life to the best you can. And I know you still walk with a stick and yeah. many Evertonians will see you around away grounds or around Goodison with a stick. Yeah. But that's a massive achievement to even be out and about and doing as much as you do with a stick, yeah, mate. You should be definitely. you should I mean, be very proud of yourself. And um I know we played we uh, when I was in I was just thinking of some away games I went to in the wheelchair, one of them was Kiev and the curves were like <laughs> about this big and it was just like it was madness, like all the Goodison were like like the the stewards of Goodison were amazing because they used to take me wheelchair. Yeah. Let me dad take me down to the um, my seat and keep it there for me and stuff like that. But um yeah, it was like looking back on those days when I was just Bad, bad place to be in, like, um, but my wife, like, changed their whole career. She went into, because what everything that I'd had, nothing worked as well as a sports massage um, in terms of, like, relaxing my muscles and just making me feel a lot better. So mm. she was like, I'm going to go and do that. But off she went. She <laughs> retrained and, like, she's got a very good and successful business now, like, yeah. years down the line. Um doing sports massage and she's added like all kinds of different things to her to her belt but um she they doing that and like constantly uh, i was on bars and everything you know like when mm. you see people who like god like will never actually walk again where they like support themselves bars i thought that's it I, yeah yeah i can't do anything but it does i mean don't get me wrong i i am in pain like all the time i have so do you still many, take yeah. do you still take medication now yeah, to, yeah. to numb the pain yeah still take like I'm a large plethora yeah. of all kinds of different things. There's some that have changed over the years. Like, I don't like certain ones where I can't, like, feel myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, made a change in mood and stuff. I don't like all that, but, like, still got that. And as well as that, the wing mirror flew off and hit me in the face. So I'm I remember you telling yeah, me about that. Deaf in one ear. Deaf in one ear. You've so, been through the ringer, haven't you? Yeah, but it's, um, I'm still here. That's that's the thing. Like, sometimes I talk about it and I feel like I'm talking about someone else. Mm. Like, it doesn't feel like I'm going on about me or me and Tash and that experience, because I'm like, that didn't happen, but it really did, and yeah, we're still here, so I used to like to dwell on it and like think, where was me? I think it was when it was a lot worse, but now I'm just like, still here, got a good life, so. Absolutely, you mm. have, you have, you've got a lovely little family. So yeah. we'll move on from that, let's talk about <laughs> football, we'll talk yeah. about on the pitch, oh, we're <laughs> now entering pre-season, pre-season is, has begun, Everton right. faced their first game against Neon on Friday, which again, we spoke about, you are attending. Are you looking forward to be back on the coach? Are you looking forward to sorting out the weekly schedule for all the match goers again, or have you enjoyed the break? I'm not going to lie, I have loved the break. Have you? Yeah. Um, I've loved it because it's been two seasons of hell, basically. Mm. Um, not in terms of the people on the coach. I think we're closer than ever now. Um, like, it's coming up to the year anniversary since one of our friends died, and that brought everyone together even more because mm -hmm. he literally got off the coach and horrendously passed away. Um, and... Since then, 
it kind of like the, the football's deteriorated. Um, but weirdly, I think you become like stronger as a unit. Yeah, yeah definitely stronger as a unit. And um, I think weirdly, it's like them same people you're seeing, you're seeing at your worst. That you're seeing at the club's worst, and you're just always thinking, wait until we win something. Wait until we mm. win. And I know we've never been further away um, since probably '96. But um, you're you like that now, like come on, like. We, we we'll get through it together, do you know what I mean? And that's 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 what pulls you through. Um but as soon as that whistle it was different this year. It was a bit different, yeah. wasn't it? As soon as that whistle went, I was just like, well, I went to Denby until God knows what time. But <laughs> um but like the next day I was like, right, that's it. I don't want to speak about Everton, mm. I don't want to talk and they I challenged them to prove me wrong this year. I was like, we'll make some early signings. No no. We haven't, and everyone's going off to Switzerland, and you're watching like a depleted squad even more than last year. So it's like mm. I don't feel excited for anything, mm. just at all. I feel like something now. I feel like it's going to be another struggle. I don't feel like people deserve it. Evertonians don't deserve it. And we mates don't deserve it. Like it's like I don't. If it's going to be a struggle, oh. which we think it will be yeah. a struggle, you know, we think it might yeah. be a tough season. Do you think Sean Dyche is the right man for this job? Um, well, not improves that he isn't. Not not to prove more that he is than staying up mm. with that <laughs> squad. Do you know what I mean? Like I mean, give him this season if if he can get something out of these players. Thank God he, <laughs> he's yeah. Basically, do you know what I mean? Like I couldn't tell you anybody who's going to take that on. Never mind who could do a better mm. job than him because it's a mess. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like who's going to want to manage that? Like it's like managing managing the unmanageable really. Isn't it, it is. It is. Um, but one big change over the mm. summer, and I just want your opinion on it before you go, <laughs> is obviously the board change. Mm -hmm. The board members left, Denise Barrett-Baxendale, Graham Sharp, Grant Ingalls, all left the football club. Bill Kenrot is still current Everton chairman, mm -hmm. Fahd Mashiri. He's also now on the board. Were you happy with the board removal? You wanted a change. You did yeah. on a personal level. You wanted a change. Are you happy that the board have gone? Are you happy that it's happened, but you're not so happy that Bill's still there? What What was your opinion on all of that? Um, for me, it's all or nothing with them board members. It's like it was kind of like a little teasing, mm. teasing gift. Oh yeah, some of them have gone, but your main problem that's been there for years and years um, with abject failure is still there, and this kind of negativity still runs through the club. Um, and I don't feel like anybody be, has been held accountable whatsoever. They've probably got off with an easy ride. To be fair, like not going to fab meetings, not engaging with supporters, not even going the match. They've just slid out of it with probably hefty payoffs. So, mm. no, <laughs> it's not really changed anything until until you see changes and you see positivity. It's not going to, nothing's changed in my eyes. So, yeah, to be continued, I hope. To be continued. So, before you go, <laughs> yeah. where are Everton going to finish this season? Mm. Where are they going to finish? <laughs> Prediction, come on. Um... I'm going to go with 16th. 16th? Yeah. We'd we'll probably take that, wouldn't we? 16th. Yeah. I'd, I'd bite your hand off for uh, 16th, 15th now. So would I. And Which now is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, for me to say them words for Everton Football Club, no. Horrible. It's where we're currently at. Mm. It's where we're at. Han, thanks for coming You're in. Honestly, welcome. really, really appreciate it. An emotional podcast mm -hmm. here on A View from the Bullings. Give it a listen. Give it a watch. You might learn a few things about <laughs> Hannah Rocks. In the meantime, <laughs> have a good week, Han. Safe trip to Neon. Take care and all the very best. Thank you.